0: You're listening to Skullcrack, Ireland's first and foremost Magic the Gathering podcast. I'm your host David Wolfe and I'm joined here by... Kieran And Alan. Alright lads, how are you? Very well. It's a
1: beautiful autumnal evening. The leaves have started to change here in Ireland. It's getting a bit cooler
2: out. And uh, you know, it's uh, it's great. Um Dublin won the All Ireland yesterday. That was uh this is they it won five in a row. Uh, no counties ever won five in a row before. And now Dublin have this is in car football. For, for the day of yesterday, uh I was ga mad. I, I usually am not ga mad, but yesterday I made an exception. Very good. So you think that's what made the difference to Dublin winning it? I think so. I think so. I think it was it was um I wasn't, I was only like kind of interested during the first match, during, during the where it was draw. It was like like two weeks ago, So mm. I think because I was, I was only semi interested in that when you got a draw, but now, um, better, gooder, 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 Um, Alan's enthusiasm. Well, turns oh, out no one likes Dublin. Your enthusiasm made all the difference. Did uh, I, I was here for Dublin because I learned that nobody likes Dublin and um, everyone, every, everybody outside of Dublin didn't want us to win. Us, see that I just said us, I was referring to use that, that, uh. I refer to a team that I I like as us. Ah, that is I'm, I'm too deep. Sports, sports, such a, sports. Such a
1: fan. Yeah, to anyone outside Ireland who doesn't know the kind of context, um, it's sort of the like Dublin are so good at Gaelic football that it's sort of generally seen as the entire tournament is the rest of the country versus Dublin. Basically, it's always going to be someone against Dublin in in the finals. Generally, Kerry because they're the other best team, but Dublin's just so big and and uh, kind of. So, like, has so many resources and stuff like that, that it's it's really difficult for any team to compete in football with Dublin. Although, for some reason, we're not as good at hurling, which is the other national sport of Ireland. We're historically very bad at hurling and have only gotten a little bit better in the last couple of years.
0: We've no bogs to play in.
1: But that's it, yeah. You do have to learn to play hurling in the bog if you really want to, to get good. Yep. Or as I
0: call it, bog sticks. That's hurling. We're really uh, bringing out the West Brit today. Oh boy, <laughs> you take that back. <laughs> All right, on to magic. Um, we have plenty more Throne of Eldraine preview cards to talk about today, as well as an update on Historic, a long-awaited, much-discussed much, uh, much discussed update. Not really long-awaited, I guess. It was only like a week and a half, two weeks. Um, and then, well, we've got a tournament report from Al, and maybe a tournament report from Kieran as well.
2: The tournament will be reported upon.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's kick it off with some previews. Uh, I'll go from where we were last time, which uh, we were using the Scryfall uh, spoiler page in the order that these cards were spoiled. So I guess kicking it off with some very interesting, very powerful cards, maybe. Well, I don't know about a Mystical Dispute. I guess it is very powerful. It's uh, two in a blue for an instant, and it costs two less to cast if it targets a blue spell. And it says counter target spell unless its controller pays three. So this one seems to be I don't know if it'd be great in standard. I'm sure it could be fine. Uh, but other formats is probably where where we're we're looking at for this card.
1: Yeah, I'm kinda unsure about it personally. It's I think it just might be too narrow compared to something like Spell Pierce or Flusterstorm or something like that, as as a one mana counter. Um like, if you really need a one-mana counter, it's usually because, like, in an eternal format, you're countering something in the early turns of the game, You're try- like, when both players are squeezed on mana. So is pay two rather than pay three really going to come up that often compared to be- only being able to target blue spells? You know what I mean? I actually think it might have a little bit more of a place in standard if everybody's still playing multicolored decks, like Esper Hero and stuff like that, where because a lot of the spells are multicolored, uh, like you know, you might play a deck where you know the majority of the spells in the deck are blue, just because it's like Teferi and you know all the those type of things, thought erasures and stuff.
2: Yeah, I, I like I see you playing that kind of role in standard. Um, yeah, so I'd be like, if you're if you're in the market for a, a spell that counters a blue spell for one mana in other formats, also, so, 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 legacy you have a but you have fire blast or something. Something. So when you're playing a card like this, you're already targeting like a particular particular deck or particular archetype, particular spell to, to counter. Um, when, when you're playing something like this in your, in your main board or your sideboard, but the fact that to say you're supposed to it doesn't even narrow, narrower or um, uh, the upside of, it, of mystical dispute is like yeah, it, it can also counter you know, non you know, non belts spells. Uh, but spells, there's better ways to do that. There's better ways to do that. with Water uh that they don't have this the flexibility of mystical, mystical dispute. But um, you're not you're not looking for that, you're not looking for that flexibility because it's not going to be in your deck if you don't need it if it's a, if it's a sideboard card.
0: Yeah, I guess. The if you're looking at at it purely as a sideboard card, then flexibility maybe is trumped by the power of other cards. But at the same time, in older formats like Legacy or Modern, I guess this probably wouldn't see playing Modern, but um in those older formats, there there are so many different viable decks that a card that is more general could have value in certain metagames because uh it can overlap in terms of matchups, like it can. It can be good in a few different matchups, whereas some some hate is very targeted at like specific decks. Um, but I think in general, it's been proven time and time again uh, through a lot of the history of Magic that specific targeted sideboard hate is usually stronger and more desirable than more general sideboard hate that can be boarded in against many decks. So I suppose that kind of works against mystical disputes.
1: Yeah, That's I true. could actually I could see this seeing a little bit of play possibly in main decks in standard. I mean, like, if, if the format's slow enough that you don't mind playing a three-mana counterspell, just, like, kind of a bad counterspell in your main deck, and there are enough blue decks in the format that you, when you get the upside of it, it's going to be insane in, like, game one. Like, it's 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 possible that this could see main deck play in standard. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I guess we still have, like, the blue-green flash archetype that could want a card like this. And it also has the other card that's a fairy counterspell. Um, I think that's later on here in the, uh, yeah hypnotic sprite um so maybe all right well next up we have a card that is clearly a powerhouse it is once upon a time one in the green for an instant if it's the first spell you've cast this game you may cast it without paying its mana cost wow uh look at the top i mean that it doesn't even matter what the rest of text is uh as <laughs> your library you may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put it into your hand put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order
2: what are they thinking
1: yeah, this this is just like why do they keep doing this? Why do they keep printing stupid free spells that like are like are clearly just pushed and they're just they're just there to enable degenerate stuff, you know? I don't understand what the rationale is for printing stuff like this anymore. We have enough of this stuff in magic, don't we?
2: It's, it's, it's just strange how you know, they they learned that yet free spell free spells are broken. Um but yeah, they, they keep, on, keep on pushing it, and it's not, it's not necessarily an interesting take on free spell ancient series, but well, free and fast
1: yeah i mean it's ancient stirrings also that
2: like colored decks can play so i was
1: saying like maybe elves can play this like a combo deck like that or like uh devoted druid combo and modern or something like that that probably is interested in this card right yeah but then but then decks like tron that play ancient stirrings are probably interested in it too because getting the land and you know You've Probably got to change your Tron deck a little bit, right? To to include more, you know, worm coil engines and ulamogs and stuff like that as, as payoffs, sundering titan or something. I don't know, but um, but it's it's certainly good enough there too. So it's just like it seems like not even as narrow an ancient stirrings, and it's free sometimes.
2: <laughs> it's a free he- spell, it's free real estate. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, you're, you're right. There. I think if Tron wants to play this, so it would have to change. I feel like a very good plate. Um, yeah, kind of missing, missing that uh, Karen's is not good. Also, kind of missing uh, agent or agent or missing, um, uh, what was I said? All I'll all the stars. So it's, I mean, it, it's kind of like you have all these things that are, I guess, I guess, lot of the reasons why I wouldn't fit in Tron because oh, those two mana, We would not have it your first turn. It's you can't get the stars, you can't get the spheres, you can't get the stone, you can't get Karns. Uh, but I was starting to think that you know, maybe it being free on turn one, uh, outweighs all of those. Yeah, absolutely.
1: And like, I was thinking, like, maybe there could be like a green Eldrazi Tron deck that plays this, you know what yeah. I mean? 'Cause then it just hits all your creatures, like which is most of your deck, and it finds a, your your Eldrazi temple or your Tron piece. Like it's even better
2: targets. Yeah, that, that sounds pretty good because I mean there was we have that um there was a green red Eldrazi deck like last year. Was that last year mm-hmm. or, or earlier before last um when, yeah. when um when red Elf was was But <laughs> it could be pretty good. Uh, yeah, and then in standard it's not gonna be degenerate,
1: right? But it is just gonna be like any green Creature deck, I presume, is going to be interested in some number of these. Like, it's just going to be good in Standard, but in Modern and Legacy, it just has the the potential to be busted. And I'm just like, why do we need this?
0: I mean, at least it's not in Standard. At the same time, as Elves. True. And yeah, I guess we're not getting
1: Lanowarls. I mean, it's it, you got Gilded Goose or whatever it's called.
0: Yeah, quite true.
2: But
1: yeah, I don't know. It's just I just don't get the rationale for for printing cards like this anymore. That's it. Just makes me disappointed whenever I read them.
2: And it's not just not like a, another restriction like um like or something like that because like it's <laughs> you can almost play this in a not green deck well obviously you couldn't but it's it's uh it's this the card still works if you're not playing any green any other green spells yeah sometimes it does yeah
0: you can you can definitely play it in a not green deck especially if it's the type of not green deck that like discards cards like in <laughs> yeah true Phoenix deck that has uh has like tormenting voice or whatever
2: you can cast it off your um uh, mana
0: it's true.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think I think if it sees playing a deck like that, uh, they will know this was an absolute mistake. Uh, that that seems like a possibility to have. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: do <laughs> the flavor. I, I like the flavor that it's like it's the first thing that happens in the game. So it's like once upon a time and then you tell the story of the game.
1: Yeah, I do like that. It's, rather, it, nice. is, it is nice.
0: I also think though Ooh, by the way, do you guys realise yeah. <laughs> that it's
1: not a sorcery? It's an instant.
0: Yeah, being an instant is crazy. there de- should definitely be
2: a sorcery. You can cast inaccurate.
1: it on, on your on your opponent's turn on turn one.
2: So on your opponent's upkeep. Your opponent's upkeep. Any pre, yeah. any pre any pre-game action still? All right, I'm gonna put a stop in your upkeep. What? <laughs> yeah. Gas. Yes. Yeah, God, well, I think when I, I, I saw people pre tape in this first icon a scanned and when I saw once on a time the Mana cost and I saw the first line of text that said it could be free. I assumed it was gonna be uh, adventurous impulse, Impulse uh, with this kind of extra free It costs mana more, but it's free. Yeah. Like I, I thought that would be fine. That those five cards,
1: it's five cards at instant speed for free. (laughs) I know the instant speed thing doesn't matter too much on the first turn, obviously. Right. But still,
0: definitely. Later on, it makes it way better. Yeah. Yeah. Like when when you actually have to be forced to cast it, like the fact that it's instant is really good. Although, I mean, we still have to ferry, so it's probably not going to be an instant that often.
1: That's true. Yeah, that's true. Thank God for to (laughs) ferry.
0: Never thought we'd be saying that. Yeah. Uh I also think this is kind of an unexciting rare for like like let's say you're a new player and you open this, this is super boring. They're just be like, Yep. But I guess that's not, not the end of the world. I, I just I saw it and I expected it to be an uncommon, basically. Yeah,
2: See so I actually, yeah. It's a yeah, it'll be expensive if I
1: think it's just the the the
2: complexity. Market. Sorry, I'll go ahead. I was say like, it, it it being rare might affect it. the price of it. If every green deck needs four, it could be expensive.
1: Nah, I don't see it being expensive, but I mean maybe. I mean if it seems, it's in if it's a four of in modern, who knows, yeah.
0: I think it probably will be expensive for a rare. Um but probably more like the like a normal expensive rare in a set, not not the fairy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It could be friends with questing beast, which is uh two green green for a legendary creature beast at mythic. It's a four four with vigilance, death touch and haste. Can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less combat damage would be dealt, that would be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented and there's still more text, whenever it deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to target Planeswalker that player controls
1: When I first saw Guard. this, I think like, what I said was like, this this looks like, just like a like an auto-generated card or like, custom magic card or something like that, where it's just like, fit as many sort of things on the card as you can, just like, good keywords and stuff it's just, it's,
2: it's pretty ridiculous It is that it's a uh... Uh the snake line lizard. Snake line leopard. No. It looks like a hydra. Oh, the to thing me. It's, it's, got it's got a bunch of heads, right? It's a beast.
1: Yeah, I know, but it looks like a hydra. Are
2: head- what are are heads. Well, I thought they were big shoulder pads. <laughs> shoulder pads. <laughs> three, three, three heads. Yeah.
0: Um Yeah, it does it does look like a Hydra. Maybe they didn't want you to be able to cast it for green green off uh Gargos. Oh yeah. I think it's actually happened.
2: Yeah.
1: Taste it's pretty good. Yeah, it has I think- vigilance and haste. And Death Touch.
0: Yeah. The, the, and
1: it can't be
0: The abilities are just insane. Like, it's clearly going to be a, a staple of any green aggressive deck.
1: It also gets around protection. The uh, combat damage that will be dealt by creatures you control can't be prevented. That, that means protection doesn't work.
0: Ooh. Which is quite interesting because we, you know, protection has just returned.
1: Yeah. So I think that's an intentional thing because of that. Um, I don't know. It's just a very boring mythic though, isn't it? I mean, it's exciting in terms of if you open it and you're a new player in a draft, you're like, oh my god. But in terms of mechanical abilities, it's just like, does a bunch of stuff that's all kind of
0: boring. Yeah, it is pretty bad. Look, at at least it's not, uh, at least it doesn't recur itself or give you any real form of like card advantage. Obviously it does if if it gets to kill a Planeswalker, but uh, it doesn't actually have any card advantage on it. So
1: Yeah, true. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously going to see play. It's going to be a staple. You can counter it, at least. I would half expect... I mean, they couldn't probably couldn't fit, can't be countered on this card, or else it would have that
2: text, but yeah. Now it's quite very but then it also kills the very quite well, so it's hard to, hard to evaluate.
0: All right, next up, we've got the final Planeswalker of the set, the Royal Scions. First time we've had two Planeswalkers and one card. It's uh, one blue-red for a legendary Planeswalker, R- Will Rowan. So it's Will and Rowan Kenrith. Uh, comes in with five loyalty. Plus one, draw a card, then discard a card. So up to six, very good. Uh, Also plus one, target creature gets plus two, plus oh, and gains first strike and trample until end of turn. And then minus eight, draw four cards. When you do, the Royal Science deals damage to any target equal to the number of cards in your hand.
1: I think this card kind of sucks. Yeah. Loyalty is obviously very big. Like, comes in at six loyalty for a three-mana Planeswalker, which is insane. But I just feel like it doesn't really do anything. I just don't want to pay that mana just to, to loot. Like, And in the decks where I'm looting, I don't see the second ability... Being particularly interesting to me. got an ability on. Sorry, I was gonna say it's good in the Phoenix deck, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's good to to plus on a crackling Drake, like the the plus two plus O oh, trample.
1: Yeah, that that is a factor a lot with crackling Drake that uh it just gets jump blocked in the air or whatever. I don't know. Maybe I'm being harsh. It is only three mana. Like getting to like loot and have it survive, and then you get to loot again the next turn for three mana. Maybe that's just enough for it to be a good card on its own.
0: Yeah, I think it think it is pretty solid. Nothing, I'm not, like, my mind is not blown here, but I think it's okay. And it, ultimate's pretty fast. Like, the ultimate is not game-ending, but it's pretty good. Um, And you can do it, like, three turns after, I guess. One, two, three. Yeah, I mean, if you're, if, like, if your Planeswalker has survived without being hit and
1: you've gotten to loot four times, or three times, in the meantime, you're probably, like, really far ahead already, so it probably is pretty game-ending. Yeah, true. I don't know, it's just, like, again, it's kind of boring. It's, I guess it's, like, at least it doesn't protect itself. I'm sick of these three-mana Planeswalkers that
2: protect themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think it is interesting that it's, uh, it's instead of being able to protect itself, it has you know, more loyalty than you expect on a, on a three-mana walker. And it's like, I suppose we'll see, if, if, if it having that much loyalty makes hope for not being able to protect itself. And maybe loyalty is its own way of protecting itself.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Simic one, what's it called? Olo? That, like, has almost as much loyalty and does protect itself as well. So it kind of protects itself. Like you can make your mana dork into a three-three or whatever. Yeah, uh, I kind of wish it was target player loots as well, because then you could use it with Narset. But I'm sure that's why you can't do that, because that's such a feel bad. Oh my god! Wonderful. People, people do that with Dakfaden and Legacy, Dakfaden and Narset and Leovold. It's disgusting! I love it.
0: I like that this card is not like an obvious stick it in a like a Super friends deck, like like in a Jeskai super friends or whatever because of the second ability is like literally useless there or more or less um so that's kind of good because there's already so many planeswalkers don't really want to be adding more into those type of decks yep true all right moving swiftly on the next card is well the name of the card is murderous rider but the card that we all want to be casting is swift end so murderous rider is a zombie a creature zombie knight for one black black has lifelink it's a 2-3 and when it dies, you put it on the bottom of its owner's library. That's not very exciting. But it's also an adventure creature. So the adventure is instant. One black, black, swift end. Destroy target creature or planeswalker. You lose two life. So Hero's Downfall is back. <clears throat> this card's so busted. I, I think it's the opposite of busted, right? It's just fair. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's, it's so much value. I
1: don't think it's fair. I think it's like the best removal spell we've had in like years. Ye- yeah. Best removal spell since since Fatal Push, I would say. Hmm. Which I guess wasn't busted in standard. This is better in standard than Fatal Push is actually.
0: Yeah, I mean the the lose two life is a big cost. Obviously, having the the life link creature, if you can get, if you can you know cast that later, that makes up the life. Uh, but like just getting a two three with life link is very very medium. But I mean, if you just think about this as like it's a. Uh, one black, black, destroy a creature, planeswalker, lose two life, draw a card, and then the card is just not great card, but it's still a free resource, so...
1: Yeah, exactly. And then you bounce it with your Teferi, and uh, you kill something else. Oh, God. Ugh. I hope not. Uh, that's what I'm doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's much to say about this card. It's just very good on rate, and it will definitely be a staple of standard, so, you know, pick them up.
1: Yeah. I wouldn't say pick them up pre-order. They're probably going to be overpriced, right?
0: Oh, yeah. But, yeah,
1: definitely pick them up. When you yeah. can
0: rare draft the crap out of them. Oh yeah. I mean they're just good in draft as well anyway, so <laughs> you're happy picking this thing. Uh another card you might be happy picking is uh Witch's Vengeance. Uh, one black black as well, but this time it's a sorcery. Creatures of the creature type of your choice get minus three, minus three until end of turn. This is uh this is a pretty powerful board wipe that we haven't seen in a long time. Like so a three mana board wipe, obviously it's only a, a minus three, minus three, but that's pretty good that gets around indestructible and things like that as well um obviously the the three toughness mm-hmm. level is you know that that is about where you want to be killing on you know turn three to four uh well i mean depends on the deck you're against but like this could be good against elemental decks could be good if knights is a thing it's good against indestructible creatures i
2: think it's great uh, uh, sometimes so even, even if you're even if you're not necessarily playing against a tribal deck uh, if you're just playing against some kind of a uh, a uh, green mid-range deck uh, sometimes. All the creatures on a board might like share, or maybe half of them will share for creature like creature-like those down? Yeah, I think this card's pretty good. Like,
1: I think even before you take new decks into account, like decks we were already playing in Standard this season tended to share creature-types a good bit, right? So, like, this, this card would have been good against, you know, White Weenie, obviously great against Vampires, like, would have been decent-ish against the green decks, like Elementals and stuff like that, a lot of them showed up. So... Yeah, I think this card will just
0: see a good bit of play. Would be also decent-ish against like field of the field of the dead decks. I mean, obviously, oh yeah, it doesn't permanently deal with the field, but you know, it you know field of the dead and the zombie tokens that it brings along are one of the reasons that Legion's End is so uh, ubiquitous now. So this kind of you know does a good Legion's End impression. All right, next card is one that I think. A lot of people are very excited for. It has affinity for artifacts. It doesn't really. It does. But it doesn't say it. It's uh, Emery, Lurker of the Lock. So it's the Lady in the Lake. It's uh, a of blue for a legendary creature, Murfolk Wizard. It's a 1-2. costs one less to cast for each artifact you control. When it enters the battlefield, put the top four cards of your great... battlefields. No. Top four cards of your library. <laughs> <laughs> top four cards of your battlefield. What would that be? Uh, I don't
1: know, but I'm very interested in the civility all of a sudden. I
0: uh, put the top four cards of your library into your graveyard and then tap choose the artifact card in your graveyard you may cast that card this turn so this card is pretty insane in artifact decks in modern
1: yeah is this card just broken or it's a hard one to figure out right when you read it but kind of looks broken like in modern you can loop mox ambers or mox opals with it um, obviously this is rotating out or mox ambers rotating out now so you won't be able to do that in standard which kind of would have been fun but maybe it would be pretty busted and yeah like in a in a dedicated like artifact deck with like baubles and opals and stuff you, or uh, Moxes and stuff you can cast this on like turn 1 fairly often like there's enough zero mana artifacts that you could just play this on turn 1 then you can like yeah you mill four. like i don't know this card just seems like it would it's going to enable some like really degenerate stuff in modern
2: absolutely uh, it's, it's very easy even if I new, I, I, I just watching you just watching you play uh, where's it uh, last few days uh, here on, on on stream it's like <laughs> so many times you just envision just a a a nicer instead setup for everywhere. Yeah, hey, you're doing some nonsense. You? You're casting dirty doing some nonsense. Yeah, like
1: even at worst, right? When you play this for the full cost, two and a blue mill four. Like that's still really good in those decks. That's like the, the the worst case scenario is still is still great. And then like at its best, where it's just one mana like tutor up exactly the combo piece you need, and and then. You able to just recur it every turn after that? Like that's that's wild. What do we think for standard?
2: Mm,
0: I mean, there is an artifact theme in this set, but there aren't that many other good artifacts in standard other than that. So, and I, I haven't seen anything in this set that makes me think, oh, there's you know, it's worth building around in that way. Uh, I suppose it's worth noting that food tokens are artifacts. So if you can just
1: you got a uh, Golos is pretty good artifact.
0: Yeah. But yeah, okay.
1: I don't know. I'm just thinking I don't think there's a particular combo there, but I'm just trying to think of, of good artifacts to to cast Meteor Golem. Ooh. Immortal Sun is rotating, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there actually won't be very many powerful artifacts to be fair.
0: You have Circle of Loyalty that we talked about last week. Um there's the the Magic Mirror, which is the blue legendary artifact, but again, not very not great to put in to play I don't think. I mean, it, it, it I guess this is more this card is more about the cheap artifacts.
1: Yeah, like this is really good with um the two mana um baffling end artifact that's in the set too. Yeah. I not
0: remember that's what true. that's called. But is that that it's not uh, do, do they get the creature back? It's like an O-ring, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like an O-ring. But I mean just in terms of a good you know, good cheap artifact to get in your graveyard and cast. That's that's pretty nice. Yeah. And you know, it'll make this cheaper as well, you'll just have it on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Also, they reprinted Sorcerer Spyglass in this set, which I'm very happy about because I was I thought that was a good card to keep in standard. I'm glad they reprinted it.
0: Oh yeah, that's nice. That's good. Like that. We have for for cheap uh, artifacts. We have like Ginger Brute and Inquisitive Puppet. They're both one mana artifacts, one mana creatures
1: Ooh, well, there's the there's the one that we're gonna be talking about presumably in a little bit, but Vantress Gargoyle, the two mana five four flying artifact creature.
0: Oh yeah. There's also the the x cost snake
1: yeah that's yes. really good that's really really good man you can cast that for zero and put it in your graveyard to make your emery cheaper and then get it back next turn
0: well well no it uh it doesn't make the emery cheaper if it's in the graveyard
1: oh yeah yeah never mind <laughs> <laughs> but you can increase your storm
0: be... very true you can yes all right well maybe we'll keep emery in mind and as we go through with some other artifacts we'll, we'll call out to to her um all right, next, a uh, hotly contested card. We have a uh, Clackbridge Troll. It's 3 black black for a creature, troll. It's an 8/8 with trample and haste. When it enters the battlefield, target opponent creates three 0/1 white goat creature tokens. At the beginning of combat on your turn, any opponent makes sacrifice a creature. If a player does, tap Clackbridge Troll, you gain 3 life and you draw a card. This card's pretty good.
1: <laughs> You're going to need to have your uh have your new heroes down follow up to kill this guy. Yes
2: definitely um yeah guard, the cards are good i mean I, I know i have a strong affinity for uh five mana mid-range creatures creatures are you like <laughs> this has
1: has haste it's pretty good with uh elhark the raise boar right oh yeah just put
2: it in there it
0: and, tapped and attacking
2: you can uh you can combine it with a uh, witch's vengeance kill the goats <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> you name goat you might kill some of random powerful goats your opponent has uh, this is great it's like if they, so it's getting it. basically replaces itself and gains your life. Uh, if it makes it to, if you if you can make it to the uh, beginning, combat phase, yeah, your 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 tapping and drawing card gains your life. Well, that's, uh, that's like as as low as bar gets. That's how how low the requirements would. Like it's it's <laughs> it's because it's so big, it could survive a few turns. Uh, it kind of it dodges all red removal. Yeah, you
1: can also. Yeah, you literally just need a kill spell, don't you? Yeah.
2: Yeah,
0: you can also like if you're desperate, you can. Cast it post combat and then they don't have the opportunity to tap
2: it, so you can just block with it. Yeah, yeah, so it's good when you're behind. This, this obviously has kind of a resemblance to a desecration demon, and desecration demon was very good.
1: Yeah, I guess like hard control decks, I guess you got to be careful when you cast this because if they kill this right away and then they just have the three goats for the rest of the game and you don't have to troll anymore, that like might, you know, that does give them a lot of extra time, like in their creatureless control deck or whatever, but. I mean, that's only one use case. So, uh, like, every, pretty much every other scenario you can think of, it seems pretty good, right? Yeah.
2: yeah and then, like, even like, even that case, it's like yeah, the zero ones, like, so yeah, the they'll, they'll, they'll by turns, but like, they're not going to do much else for the zero ones. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. I just mean, it'll give the control deck more time.
2: Yeah.
1: That's, the, yeah, that's literally worst case scenario.
2: But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it seems fine. Um, and it's like, if you're control deck and this happens game one, it's like, oh, well, at least um, my blank removal spells are unblanked. So, yeah, true. It's kind of funny card.
1: that it's better for for the control deck to let this resolve than to counter it if they have a removal spell on. hand.
2: Yeah, that is true, and um, yeah, I suppose if you're forcing your opponent to use their spells a certain way, that's a uh, you know that's kind of how you gain an advantage in. Uh, your, yeah, yeah, they, they have to cast this spell on it. Um, Yeah, I don't know if there's much else to say about this guy. Big tramlace. It's uh, a. <laughs> it's very good.
0: Yep, I expect to see him if there's any kind of black aggro deck or aggro mid-range type deck, then uh, I expect to see that card scene play. Uh, Moving on to Charming Prince. We have uh, one and a white for a 2-2. Human is a human. Human noble. Uh, When it enters the battlefield, choose one. And the options are scry 2, you gain 3 life, or exile another target creature you own. Return it to the battlefield under your control at the beginning of the next end step. Could be good for modern legacy maybe it's very yeah uh, i think this
1: is playable like pretty much every format like yeah like worst case scenario scry two on turn two is like okay obviously not where you want to be but having this main deck like if if the if the, the versatility is good enough then like against burn or aggro just like gaining three and gaining a blocker on turn two is like an insane advantage it's like you know it's kind of better than night of autumn in terms of it's your two drop instead of your three drop even if you're gaining life you're gaining one less life and then like blinking stuff is like i mean flicker wisp is a three one flyer which is obviously better stats for three mana but that's a superstar in like multiple formats right and like even like this with aether Viol, you get to aether violet a turn faster than you do flicker wisp so it might even start getting those kind of combos going even faster than flicker wisp does so with like tide Hollow color and stuff like that you know, you'll be on turn four. You'll be able to, uh, or on turn three even. You'll be able to like Tide Hollow Skuller and Vile this in to uh, to permanently take a card from their hand, which is like pretty and, and end up with two 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 dudes on board, which is like pretty pretty aggressive.
2: I yeah, say I have to go wonder that it, 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 it goes to our pace in um, that scenario if it's if it's and I'm not, that, that's and that's only part of what it does. You know, Flickers does only that and also I guess attacks during the air. But uh, yeah, so it's about that you, you can do all of that and also have the utility of doing the other two things if, you, if you, the other two abilities if you need to also sacks pretty well if you have more than one uh he's, he's not legendary so hey life do scrying. it's also a
0: human so takes counters from thalia's lieutenant and stuff
1: oh yeah it is a human that's an interesting one is it good enough to be in humans rather like i was thinking it's basically in a death and taxes type deck might be a sideboard humans card like a human that gains life yeah might be more might be better than night of autumn the blinking isn't amazing in humans. Like you can blink, uh, you can blink a meddling mage to name something else. That's pretty good. Yep. Or you can blink a Kaisel Freebooter to change the card that's under it.
0: You can blink a tally as a to put another counter on everything. True. True. Reflector mage.
1: Oh, reflector
0: mage is a good one.
1: Although <laughs> it doesn't do it doesn't do it instantly. Right, it's beginning of the next end step, so it's not like you're getting this effect. Yeah, I mean you can violet in on their second main phase or whatever, and, and sure. essentially do that for your next turn. Yeah. yeah, this card seems great to me. Seems very standard playable as well. Like I would imagine these effects are just good enough that this is going to be a standard staple, even without any uh, kind of uh, synergies in your deck. Like it, it's just good enough on its own.
0: Yeah, the uh, the scry two, I guess, is the bread and butter there of the card. Um, because if you like, if you can keep a two lander and then set up your next land from it, then that's great. It's really
1: good to bounce with the ferry hmm like late game. a few top deck decks, you can play it, scry to bounce it with the ferry, play it again, scry two again.
0: Yeah. And I think the, uh, exile a creature you own, like rather than you control is probably like relevant text as well, because the green ramp decks are probably going to continue after, uh, after rotation. Like we still have like Nissa. We still have decent mana dorks, uh, Maybe even Kill the Goose can take the place of Lanor elves Um, We still have Agent of Treachery. So, like, stealing all your stuff, like mass manipulation, whatever, is probably going to continue to be a strategy. So, if you, like...
1: Also, uh, nickel Bolas, right? Oh, no, sorry. That nickel Bolas doesn't steal stuff. The one that's rotating steals stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. But we, yeah,
1: no, I definitely. I think that's right. This is this is just going to be great against that stuff as well, which kind of was necessary. I thought that was like a, not the best stuff to have in standard, like mass manipulation. It just feels so bad to have it cast against you.
0: Yeah, uh, even even something like um, Command the Dreadhorde. Like if your opponent takes some of your creatures from your graveyard, you can get them back with this.
1: Yeah, this card's awesome.
0: Yeah, I do. Like All right, hey, another powerful human, uh, Gadwick the Wizened. I guess this is Merlin. I'm not sure. Um, it's X blue, blue, blue for a legendary creature, Human Wizard. And it's a 3-3. And when it enters the battlefield, draw X cards. And whenever you cast a blue spell, tap target non-land permanent and opponent controls. So this seems pretty powerful. Um, the X on a static 3-3 is very odd.
1: Yeah, they're, they're actually... They actually have to change the rules to make this work. They're good. There's uh, the release notes haven't been released yet, but uh, Eli Shefferen has stated obviously that there's a new rule coming in to support this because it currently doesn't actually make sense. Like uh, the when when Gadwick enters the battlefield, draw X cards, with X referring to the the X in the CMC, currently doesn't make any sense. But uh, obviously they're just going to make a rule so so it works.
0: Yeah, because the the way to do it in the rules before without changing the rules would be for it to be a cast trigger, right? And they obviously don't want it to be uncountable
1: yeah exactly and it's also weird it's like what what if you blink this with your um whatever the knight's called charming
0: prince yeah then do you draw the x card like, do you
1: yeah draw zero cards yeah why does it draw
0: zero cards yeah you have a given x uh, value yeah
1: so but the value isn't zero yeah, you just, it just never yeah. existed <laughs> so yeah they're gonna have to write the rule in a in some way to make it make sense
0: but i think that like if you just look at this card you can intuitively understand what it does so it's not hugely a problem to rewrite the rules a little bit to make it sh- to make sure that it does work
1: yeah i'm sure it's a headache for the for the top judges but that's their job so well done
0: yeah all right. the other
1: abilities are right as well when if you cast a blue spell tap something your opponent controls
0: yeah that is good wait it's non-land permanent right because the land will yeah not land yeah okay
1: I think yeah, tapping lands is never yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> like you opt on their upkeep and tap their land, like gross.
0: Yeah. yeah, that would be oh, Opt is back, by the way. Opt is not rotating because it's been reprinted here, which is nice. Awesome. Yeah, opt should just be
1: in standard forever.
0: Yeah. All right, we've got another one mana spell here. It's a fervent champion. It's a single red mana for a one one creature human knight, first strike and haste. Whenever fervent champion attacks, another target attacking knight you control gets plus one plus zero until end of turn and equip abilities you activate that target fervent champion cost three less to activate and the flavor text is 2018 world champion javier dominguez so we have the uh invitational card back here very nice yeah this is cool
1: i really like this card too it's a it's pretty fair um like javier dominguez got to the world got to the world's win by uh using hazard and standard right so it's uh, so it's kind of an Aggro Red card uh, for that reason because I think he said he'd uh, he'd like it to evoke Hazard in some way. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. And yeah, the the card's just kind of a nice design. The uh, the equip being cheaper, I believe combos with equip Knight because this is a Knight as well. Yeah. So it'll basically always just be free to equip uh, that stuff onto this card, which could make it pretty powerful.
0: Yeah. Uh, very good in multiples as well because of the yeah, plus one plus out oh, and other attacking knights. So like if you play one of these on turn one you attack for one then if you play like a second one on turn two then they're both attacking for two so you've attacked for five by turn two you can play two of
2: them on turn two well, i mean that's attack just three of them <laughs> that that's just insane yeah and on turn five you can equip it with colossus hammer uh yeah certainly could well, well actually if you have but if you have three on Ward, you can uh can equip they will attack right yeah um no, they don't. St- no, that they only
1: they only work on themselves.
2: Sorry, itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah no. okay, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it doesn't. So then you can... be... <laughs> Yeah, that'd be dumb. Okay, yeah, that would be too good. Because I'm not on the design team. i would be <laughs> good. Classes, to hammers everywhere. All right, let's keep the uh,
0: the one mana hits coming. Actually, I don't know. I can't evaluate this card at all. Uh, it's a Spectre's Shriek. It's black for a sorcery. Target opponent reveals their hand. You may choose a non-land card from it. If you do, that player exiles that card. If a non black card is exiled this way, exile a card from your hand.
2: I was struggling to
0: evaluate this two. Um I mean, it's better thoughtsies, right? Against black
2: decks.
1: Yeah, way better against black decks. Uh, way worse against non black decks.
2: I anyway, yeah, you're exiling cards from your hand. Yes, yeah, so you can't you can't even get any value. It does like, this...
0: Doesn't this create like super interesting situations again? Like if you play it against like let's say you're playing this against Esper, right? And you play it on i don't know turn two or turn three, and the opponent has like its fairy in their hand and but they also have a um what's the stupid card the basilica bell haunt or whatever so like you're you're incentivized to take the more powerful card, but if you do, you have to two for one yourself or you can take the slightly weaker card, but it's a very clean one for one discard
1: I think you basically just always have to take the one for one in that scenario, no matter what it is obviously there there will be situations where you don't but i'd imagine they're very rare
2: sometimes you can look at your hand and say i can deal with every other card in their hand um but not this one so i have to take it two for myself yeah they're the having cards yeah uh, yeah like it can definitely, yeah, I, mean, it, it, I feel it,
1: like in standard like pretty much every card that sees play creates va- like so much value that it's really hard to like two for one yourself and and not fall behind you know what i mean
0: there are decks that can generate insane amounts of resources, like like if you think about some kind of a, um, like a Field of, Field of the Dead deck, uh, or a like a blue-green deck, like if, you, like if you had this in a Sultai deck with uh, Risen Reef, and I don't know, Quasi-Duplicate or whatever, those decks just generate an insane amount of resources to the point where you just have a massive hand all the time and loads of permanents in play, so you don't actually mind um, losing something. Uh, That's true.
1: And I guess there are times where, like, if the if the card is like in their hand is like Hydroid Crisis, then it's like, well, I'm two for winning myself, but otherwise they're gonna five for one me with it anyway, so I'm still coming out ahead.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I guess the 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 restriction just means that this has to be a sideboard card, basically, which is absolutely fine because you know if it, if it didn't have that restriction, then obviously it would be just be insane in every black decks main deck.
1: Yeah, like Thoughtseize, I think, has been proven to be too good for standard. So, yeah, I'm glad this has this restriction. This is a cool card, and I could see it seeing play. In, I think it will see play in standard and sideboards. I don't think it'll see play in modern or legacy. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a nice design. I like it.
0: Yeah, part of a side <laughs> of, uh, of self color hating cards, so kind of hearkening back to uh, Hour of Devastation. With the defeats,
1: yeah, and if if this did let you discard instead of exile, I think it would automatically go in like Reanimator and Legacy as like a four of, but obviously they thought of that, so you have to exile the card from your hand.
0: Oh my god, I wouldn't,
2: yeah, <laughs> I would not have thought. That. Yeah, that would be pretty busted. What's <laughs> have been doing? Already playing mask Just got more, more unmasks. Yeah, I mean, unmask is
0: definitely better than this, right?
1: Um, I don't know. Uh, standard
0: because. Uh, uh, in standard, uh, maybe not. Yeah, unmask costs four mana. You know, <laughs> yeah, of course, yes. Uh, I guess maybe the fact that you see their hand first before you exile, before you make your decision, means that this is better than unmask, even though it costs one mana.
1: That's true. Yeah, I think like unmask. I mean, free spells are just busted. We talked about that earlier, but yeah.
0: Well, also the the card that they get that you get rid of this way, like not your card, their card is exiled as
2: well. So that's actually yeah. pretty that's pretty big. All right, I, I, think was, first is good.
1: I think it'll just seem uh, good.
2: Uh, yeah it's, it's kind of this is kind of templated differently to uh, other um handless handless spells and that it's a me so you can look at her hand and then not to, not take anything if you uh if 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 you, if you don't want it it's like changing your mind. Uh,
0: yeah I
1: yeah that's nice actually I didn't notice that yeah.
2: If, if, sometimes you see like a modern someone thought seizes and then your opponent has, has a hand of um uh, like baylots or uh. uh green four drop in Saturn now and you're like oh I can't choose anything else I need to choose the bail off. Um, what do you sell with this card you don't have to choose anything
0: well this this gets around that anyway because it exiles the card oh sure yeah okay yeah but uh if you have no other cards in hand then this has no downside right <laughs> oh yeah maybe uh, yeah
1: true although in that, s- in that situation pot's effects
0: tend not to be very good and it's that late in the game true true yeah it's unlikely that, uh, that, that it will be good. But th- there is more to this card than I kind of thought there was at first glance, now that I've kind of thought about it a little bit more. All right, moving from a single black mana to a single white mana, we have another ridiculous sideboard card. We've got Deafening Silence. Single white mana for an enchantment. Each player can't cast more than one non-creature spell each turn. So I've got rule of law here for uh, non-creature spells, but at significantly cheaper. Uh, two mana cheaper. It's funny that we have this and rule of law is in standard as well
2: at the moment. Well, that is very funny.
1: Uh. Yeah, I don't see this same play in standard, but it's obviously like a big upgrade for sideboard hate for modern and legacy. I think against combo decks. Um, do you guys? Do you guys agree? Do you think this, there's a possibility this will see play in standard? I guess there could be a deck.
0: Mm, I mean, it would be good against like a a spell. Like a, mm, it'd be really good against. Uh, or no, would it? Yeah, it would have been good against Nexus probably. Uh,
1: yeah it's it's good against like uh arclight phoenix
0: yeah
1: i mean is it even that good it's like eventually they just hard cast their phoenix and you know i feel like the the thing you're stopping has to really be really really powerful for this to be worth a card and in standard i just don't think that's the case very
2: often
0: yeah i mean the, the the single mana cost is definitely pitching this at older formats and i think this will likely never be played in standard i would say or certainly not straight away. Um, and if it did, that would be like a safety valve for the format that I'm sure we'd be glad is there. Yep, totally agree. Okay, now we're getting into those sweet artifacts. We've got a, an artifact creature, Snake, that is in Japanese, so I don't know the name. But Scryfall has it as Onyx Trainer Wants to Battle. So yeah, this does look like an Onyx. <laughs> it's a, it's an X, X, uh, X-Man of Ghosts. For zero, 0 And it has reach, trample, and protection from multicolored. And then, of course, it enters the battlefield with X, plus one, plus one counters. On. Just coming out of a, you know,
2: two um, multicolored, or even three multicolored blocks, uh, or sets. The, the staples and standard at the moment just happen to be multicolored. Uh, this is such like, a lot of it. A lot of multicolored cards in standard at the moment.
1: Yep. Can't get rid of this with Teferi. Blocks Hydroid Crisis. Both pretty nice.
0: Attacks well through those cards as well. Attacks through... Um, what's the one I said earlier?
2: Basilica Bell Hunt
1: Reach is really nice is. against uh, Thief of Sanity, which it also has protection
0: from.
2: Ooh. Ooh, yeah, yeah that is quite important, yeah. three
0: <laughs> card seems good. Risen Reef, Omnath. A lot of multicolored stuff going on in standard, so I think this is pretty great. Uh, also, it's an X artifact creature that gets plus one, plus one counters, so I think that's just always, like... But maybe has potential in modern they printed a lot of these <laughs> over the last five years or so
1: yeah i think this could see play in modern probably the hardened scales deck like uh kind of just like an xx in that deck but that might be good enough just the protection from multicolored might be good i don't know maybe not it's like that deck basically if it gets to attack you all pretty much always kills you anyway right maybe it doesn't need a threat like this but it could be a sideboard card maybe in that deck
0: yeah could be a sideboard card in um Car in the Great Creator decks.
1: Oh, very true. Yeah.
0: Does it solve any particular problems there? I don't know. I mean, just going yeah, to
1: tutor up a, a creature in Standard is is pretty nice, but in Modern, yeah, I'm not sure.
0: All right, another artifact creature. You mentioned this one earlier, Kieran. It's a Vantress Gargoyle. One in a blue for an artifact creature. Gargoyle has flying, and it's a five-four. So one in blue for a five-four. However, can't attack unless defending player has seven or more cards in their graveyard. And it can't block unless you have four or more cards in hand. Then it has a tap ability. Each player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. So they have a few cards with this kind of... Uh, what's the name of this mechanic again? Threshold?
1: Uh, threshold,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, like threshold for your opponent. Uh, there's a few cards with this mechanic. I don't know why.
2: I'm struggling to um a lot because I'm trying to think like how... Like if, if you're not doing something like all in, like you know, some kind of a mill strategy or something like that, like if, if you're just playing in a mid range matchup or is it if you're a control deck, you know, maybe you, you, you'll just actually have uh, you know in the mid game or late game, then could, could you say you're doing that reliably enough to just justify just having a spot in your deck?
0: Um Well I mean the the benefit of it costing too like when, when you look at an overstatic creature for two mana, obviously the reason that you want to put that type of card in your deck is for it to attack on turn three, which this mostly can't do. However, there are some... Aren't there some, like, mill... There's a, there's some mill stuff going on in Standard, right? You can put some cards into your opponent's graveyard, but usually that type of stuff is not really worth paying cards for.
1: No, it's a good blocker yeah. early in the game, which is interesting.
0: Yeah, that is true, actually. It really yeah. Yeah, you would like have to block early on for the first, like, few few turns. And then it's possible that by the time you've emptied your hand enough, it'll then be able to attack. So, and of course, you can just choose not to play cards.
1: Yeah, like I could see this just being a kind of in a top-out control deck, just a threat you play because it's a good blocker earlier and can finish the game late. Like your opponent will just end up with cards in their graveyard, so.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I think the fact that it's an artifact, like I feel like that has to come into play somewhere. Um,
1: well, it is really good with that uh, Emery of the Lock card or whatever, but just being able to recur like a 5-4 flyer for
0: yeah, two mana sweet. is like pretty nice. That is nice. And, of course, makes Emery cheaper if you already have it on the battlefield. Mm, I got the time of this PTQ wrong, by the way, and it starts in 10 minutes, so I'm going to have to go then. Oh, uh, we'll f- we'll just finish up the spoilers. Okay, uh, next up we've got Bonecrusher Giant. It's a tuna red for a creature giant, and it's 4-3. And whenever it becomes the target of a spell, it deals 2 damage to that spell's controller. However, it's going on an adventure. It's got Stomp, 1 and a red for an instant. Damage can't be prevented this turn. Stomp deals 2 damage to any target.
1: It's another interesting one because the stomp again turns off protection. If people are playing like you know the the protection cards from M20 and like you know they block in combat, expecting their creatures to survive, you can then stomp their other creature, and the protection won't be able to stop the damage, and they might lose two creatures.
0: Yeah, you can't uh, you can't target though, can you?
1: No, you just you can target something else, and then it just oh, like, sure. damage yeah. can't be prevented this turn. Yeah. So, so yeah, worst case, you can shock their face and and then kill the creature, which is not ideal, but you know. And then, yeah, it's a 3-mana 4-3 with upside and red. Is that the first first one ever? <laughs> like, I can't think of a... Why is it... Like, it looks like it should be a, a green card with the size stats.
0: Yeah. Like, it, it. it's important to note that it curves well.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can you can kill their mana dork and then play a 4-3 next turn.
0: I think this is a very strong card. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think every red deck is probably going to want some number of these. Yeah. Like, it's just such good value. And I think aggro will probably just
0: play all four copies. Yep. Three mana four three. With a shock. It's an expensive shock, but still.
1: Yeah. And when it dies, even if they lightning strike it or whatever, it deals two to them.
0: Yeah. From this no, is crazy. So you paid five mana for a four three and two shocks. That's pretty good.
1: Yeah, this card's this card is really pushed. This is kind of the stuff I thought we would get. I you know, the first couple of adventure cards I thought were a little little disappointing. This one is
2: really good.
0: Yeah. All right, there's only one more card here that I really think is worth talking about. And it's actually, I don't even know if this card is worth talking about. It's so weird. It's uh, Fires of Invention. It's a four mana red artifact. So it's three and a red. Sorry, not artifact. It's an enchantment. Three and a red for an enchantment. You may only cast spells during your turn and you can't cast more than two spells each turn. So not a great start. Uh, You may cast spells with converted mana costs less than or equal to the amount of lands you control without paying their mana costs. Does this do anything?
1: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this silence really says it all. I don't know. Yeah, what I'm, can, I'm, what I'm, can you do with this card? I don't know. You can uh you can cast like really, some, really. you can cast both sides of adventure cards, right? So that gets you a lot of value with it. So you can cast this oh no, because you can still only cast two spells per turn, so that's not even that good.
0: Uh so like the turn that you play this, you can only play one more. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to think, um,
1: then if they banter with Teferi, it's like pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I mean, the, the you may only cast spells during your turn part, is already true, because your opponent always, always has Teferi in play, right? So that's not even downside.
0: <laughs> very true, very true. Uh, it's just how magic works now. You can cast uh, Chandra, the three mana Chandra, and then flashback something for no mana. I don't know. This is a very odd card. Uh, I'm not into it. I don't see any obvious no. applications. <laughs>
1: Um, you can cast, like, Ancestral Visions and stuff, it's another one of those cards, right? Oh, yeah. But, I, I don't... Oh, yeah, it's, I can it's, uh, It could be in a Restore Balance deck, and Modern, or something like that.
0: But, no, but you have to have the amount of lands you control without paying it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I guess you can...
1: So, yeah, it doesn't work with that, really. Works, yeah, so you can... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and even then you, even if you're doing that kind of thing it's like th- this is a uh, four mana which is one mana more expensive than most of the ways to cast those spells so yeah true yeah all right i think that's going to do it for the uh spoilers today obviously we'll be back with more next week the i think the full pre- set preview should be out by then so uh yeah we'll we'll move on to the uh arena update on historic and kiran you have to you actually have to head off because the you're Joining a uh, Magic Online PTQ, you were grinding the grinding the modern challenge yesterday, and you're grinding the PTQ today. So good luck with that.
1: Yeah, just edged out top thirty-two yesterday in the in the uh, modern challenge. So I'm going to run it back today in the PTQ. It's one of the worst EV tournaments I've ever entered, to be honest. It's uh, currently there's 376 players registered, and prizes go up to 30 second place for about 50 tickets. So uh, wish me luck on that.
0: Uh, well, yeah, definitely good luck. Uh, hopefully, you can take it down um, and yeah I'll, we'll be interested to hear next week about your experiences so far with the uh, deck, which is what you've been playing
1: cool alright uh, enjoy the rest of the show see you guys
0: All right. bye alright Al me and you was, uh, we can make it talk historic yes so there has been an update on historic and uh, wizards have put together this very handy little graphic here um, so they've updated four things Related to the announcement that they previously made, um, and yeah, I will obviously link this this uh, this announcement page in the podcast show notes or the the yeah the notes of the episode. Uh, so, what's different here? They've got the wildcard redemption is going to be different. So, two to one historic redemption. It uh, was going to previously going to cost you two wildcards with the same rarity to cast any any individual card from uh, historic sets so like for example if you wanted to craft hostage taker it would have cost you two rare wild cards instead of one but they have rolled that back and it's going to be exactly the same as all other standard sets so it's going to be one-to-one which is fantastic because that was way too harsh way too expensive and i can't believe they were ever even going to try it Obviously, it was a, a way to try and disincentivize people from getting into Historic and rather keep them in Standard, which is where Wizards makes its money. Uh, but that was just that was I don't know if it was greedy or just misguided or I don't even know how to characterize it because it was just stupid to be honest. Um, however, on the other side, they've still they still want to do something to disincentivize players from only playing Historic and not uh, being involved in Standard in any way. Uh, So what they've done is they're going to have historic play will be available all the time in uh, best of one casual queue, non ranked and uh, will occasionally come in in ranked uh, for some periods of time. So the the always on best of one queue is now not going to uh, progress your daily or weekly wins. Uh, It will progress your quests. Uh, so that's fine you can do quests you can get those rewards from that but you can't get your your weekly 15 wins or whatever from playing in the historic best-of-one queue you will be able to get those that progress in the the ranked and the historic events so there'll be like events where you sign up and get a certain number of wins the same way there are events like pop or whatever um, on arena so those will be fully you know contributing to your weekly wins or or uh, daily wins or whatever um, we have the, a walk back of the, the packs decision. So they, they said that they were just going to sell the 45-pack bundle. They were going to take away all the other ability to buy like individual packs, whatever, uh, from Historic, but they've walked that back and they just said, okay, whatever, you can buy all the same bundles and types of packs that you can get for Standard uh, in, in perpetuity. And then the other contentious issue was the the unique cards that are going to be added to the format. So previously they had said, they're going to add cards in batches of 15 to 20 to try and shake up the format every quarter. So along with uh, set releases, uh, I assume. And uh, that was uh, motivated by the fact that they didn't have the manpower or they didn't have the resources necessary to, to dedicate to releasing full sets on Arena uh, in, into Historic. And they've kind of walked this back as well, although we don't know 100% what is going to happen there. Uh, So on this graphic it says previous 15 to 20 cards added in November through a paid event and the updated is TBD so it's to be determined we don't know what's going to happen there. In the actual text of the article they do say uh, we will start to add new cards to Historic in November. We'll be thinking through what the right target of cards to add is and how players can acquire these new cards. These cards will be added to the game differently than cards in standard, but we're still working on exactly how to do that. So they are still targeting uh, November for adding cards to historic, but we don't know what cards those will be, what form it will take. So any reactions to any of these, Al? Um, I guess starting with the things that I mentioned most long ago, so like the wildcard redemption and, the, and then the kind of makeup for that is the fact that you can't get a weekly win progress in your historic queue. Yeah, so obviously this, this is a
2: positive that they've rolled back this terrible, uh, you know, redemption ratio. Um, I think <laughs> someone could be cynical or probably even correct to say that uh, it's almost like, you know, Wizards were testing the water to see if if, if they could introduce this very um, unfair uh, redemption ratio without anybody noticing or anybody complaining. Uh, you kind of think maybe they kind of gave us, like, they, they uh, were hoping they were to be so focused on the whole modern cards introduction thing rather than the ratio, but uh, the outrage has spoken. The mob has spoken and they have rolled back, which is good. Um, yeah, it's like uh, taking away uh, the ability to uh, get daily wins through historic plays is, is, is bad, but I think it's nowhere near as bad as the pair ratio was. Uh, and if it's, I mean, I, I don't know why it's required, but so if, if, if it is, if the value of historic in for, for, for some reason, uh, if, if, if this is something that needs to be done uh, to maintain the economy of Arena, then yeah, that's that's fine. This is it's, it's fine enough. Don't um, worry too much, uh, I think. Well, I am very happy to see these uh, 15, 20 cards added uh, through a paid event, Uh, that being changed to TBD, and how yeah, they're not, they're not, um, they haven't settled on the actual cards they're going to be introducing yet, Uh, so hopefully this, this will bring us back closer to something, uh, something closer to uh, Frontier, hopefully, Uh, although we'll have to see, uh, I mean, even like, even, you're going to see now through the control of Eldraine supporters, there's there's lots of cards in this set that synergize quite well with cards that are rotating, so even if there was no new cards, if it was a starting for clan, uh, it's something that will still eventually become a good format. You know, it'll, it'll be quite boring at first, but as the card pool gets bigger and bigger, uh, it we'll it will get more interesting. And you know, if 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 there are if this is the case, then yeah, yeah we got these kind of cool light like, synergies or these art past synergies uh, might be worth worth uh, exploring. Um, but I did uh, I replied to his tweet uh about this uh on the mtg ring on twitter and i i mentioned it's something i mentioned on the podcast before, just the idea of having like a standard masters uh with selected cards from m15 onwards or around that around that period um or be a larger format uh and by, ha- by having kind of selected cards you know in in a, in a master set uh that's gonna well if you know having to program every single comment from the last five years or uh also get around you know the broken cards like if works marvel and stuff like that so it's, it's a tweet that got likes from strangers, which uh, means it's people who have read it. Oh, nice. Hopefully Wizard Zoo Um actually like. oh I it oh wow, it has a uh, fifty five impressions. So that's uh, many people that saw it. Okay. I mean yeah, It's not quite viral, but it's I mean and we, we you know, it, it's it's evident that um that Wizard Zoo make their decisions based on the feedback they get. Um hopefully that makes a difference. Hopefully I I just want Frontier to be a thing. I'll just say it. That's it. Let's make a Frontier
0: done. I mean it's so funny to me how like this thing was announced and first of all because people were so shocked by the 2 to 1 wildcard thing that they were like oh my god and they didn't have they didn't really have too much of a reaction to the like 15 to 20 new cards but as time went on as the discussion matured over the like 2 weeks or whatever since this original announcement uh, a lot of people have come around on the idea that the uh the the 15 to 20 cards like d- depending on what type of cards they are they could have a very negative effect on the format that people wouldn't like at all. Uh, I think it was in large part thanks to Saffron Olive's article that he wrote on the matter, um, which is, it's a really good article. I'll, I'll link it in the notes as well. And, uh, you know, he, he made the point that those cards, if they are as powerful as that tweet that Wizards made uh, made them out to be, so like Brainstorm, Wyrmcoil Engine, Dark Confident, those kind of cards, they, call, they basically will cause mini-rotations. Because when you introduce cards that are so powerful like that into the format, it completely invalidates swaths of other cards. Um, even if like even just as like those cards will be upgrades, like Dark Confidant is going to be like a, a massive upgrade over any other two mana black creature, or whatever. Um, so not only does it uh, outclass the things in its own slot, but then it also like Opt would never be playable again if you had Brainstorm, right? Uh. Unless you wanted, I guess, uh, eight. Um, but uh, you know, also it 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 warps the format around it in such a way that other cards, like types of answers, will no longer be playable. Uh, types of threats will no longer be playable. So those those kind of massive massive shifts to the format are just like not what people want when they're playing paying double for their wild cards. So people are also getting up in arms about that then, and I'm really glad that that discussion started to happen and people started to get annoyed about that because I think it would be a huge mistake for Wizards to do this. I think they should be super, super conservative with this format as much as they can. Like, I think their original idea of not introducing any extra sets uh, yet is actually fine. Just let it grow naturally by itself for like a year, then check in and say, okay, we'll start backfilling some of the sets or as you said, some kind of a historic master's product. Um, Yeah, because putting extra cards in this format just seems completely unnecessary and not what not what people want uh by and large that's most of what i've seen online is is mostly people saying that they don't want that um i would say it's about 75 percent people saying that they don't want that whereas the wildcard thing was like 100 percent of people saying they don't want that so but even still 75 percent is still a big percentage but yeah the funny thing to me is that people (laughs) are basically demanding for this format to be more or less Frontier, which I think is just so funny considering how how much derision Frontier was met with when it was created. Obviously, you know, people had that perception that it was created by a card shop to, you know, make money or whatever, sell sell cards that are not good enough or modern but still uh but rotated out of standard. And I mean that's exactly what historic is. It's a place for you to play cards that are not good enough for modern well i mean you can't play them in modern because it doesn't have it on arena um but yeah like your your standard collection that is now rotated out that you have no use for it's a it's a something to do with them which is exactly what frontier was um and was created to fill that kind of niche and so it's funny to see people basically clamoring for it here when they hated it five years ago um or whenever that was three years ago um yeah just kind of funny uh and anyway i hope that's what wizards does with the format and i think your idea is really good uh if they just started adding in 15 to 20 cards from that selection of blocks that would be fantastic i would say going from magic origins is cleaner a lot of people seem to think of magic origins as the start of this kind of era so i think it's rather than m15 i know m15 is when the the border of the cards changed but obviously they don't want to add uh fetch lands which if they started from M15, people would just constantly clamor for fetch lands, I think. so. Um, yeah. yeah, those are my thoughts.
2: Exactly. I mean, we, we spoke about this before, as being totally unable to understand the hatred that uh, his, that, that Frontier had. Uh, it even came up at the, at the MCQ, which was, we were talking about this, and then, um, someone kind of started and said, yeah, like, Frontier, and I was like, no, you tell me why you do not like Frontier, uh, with words. And, uh, said, oh, I have two words. It's tiny leaders. And I was like, that's not an answer. A bar fight nearly broke out. That would be amusing. You should have. Don't get the hatred. should have wrecked them. Smash a glass. Just a fucking big old bottle. Smash a bottle. Hold it. Shattered glass until it would say, I'll show you a rotating format. <laughs> yeah. Quick, quick side story. I happened to a friend of mine once where uh, a bunch of us were away uh, on like a, a group trip trip or work We're all like, having drinks. Uh, he's from where Walking which is the south side, but you know, people don't consider it to be, quote-unquote, this south side. Uh, he has a very strong Dublin accent, um but as a girl, it's kind of like fairly good. i saying, oh, you're not from the south side, and he goes, I am from the south side. It was walking sounds literally on the south side of Dublin, and then she said, uh, no, it's not really the south side, though, is it? And uh, So this is him kind of retelling the story. He's like, I just thought it'd be funny if I just, you're um, in a quiet bar, I thought it'd be funny if I just overreacted, if I jokingly overreacted, if I jokingly just you know, smash a bottle and held it up and say, I'll show you the south side. Uh, but he did that and then uh, he was like as soon as I did it I realised it was a terrible decision because the mood of the bar entirely changed and I'm just there holding this smashed uh, bottle and I'm like oh my god I'm so sorry I didn't mean to <laughs> I was very aggressive he, he was just doing a bit uh, <laughs> he's a very extreme bit.
0: Yeah, he's like I'm so sorry I did that. what I did just encourage you to do the same thing over uh, magic cards so you know um, regarding the the progress towards your weekly wins. I think this is a, a much a much lower impact uh type of uh, yeah a much lower impact type of dis disincentivization. I don't is that a word? This whatever uh, a, a much lower impact way to disincentivize people from only playing historic because you won't get that progress on your on your weekly uh on your weekly wins, which obviously is important for free to play players uh because they will you know they, they need that to keep up with their collections and keep earning free packs etc you can still get your quests of course which are a great way to do that but uh you are missing out on a lot if you're not getting your free wins but to be honest i d- i don't even think i think this is just all around stingy by wizards wizards the whole the whole thing is just quite stingy because i think if they just naturally allowed the format those things to to grow and just with no changes like historic no different from uh from standard uh I think most people would still play Standard. Obviously, they're thinking far into the future as well. They want to really future-proof it. And they're thinking of how they lose Standard players to, for Modern. Uh, but like, it's going to be many, many, many years, I think, before Historic is not deeply impacted by every Standard set that comes out. Like Even now, like again, talking about Frontier, Frontier does still exist. I uh, occasionally check in on it. I stick my head in. Have a look at some of the decks and things, and like if you look at a, a set like War of the Spark or even M twenty that were very impactful had had impactful cards in them for uh, for modern. If you think about that and then extrapolate that to Frontier, think about how impactful those sets are for Frontier. You know there are a lot of standard staples that uh, that affect Frontier and change Frontier decks as they as they come in as they cycle into the format, and you know Frontier is now like, five years, five, six years worth of sets. So that's, like, the same thing, basically, as starting Historic now, you basically would be covered for the next six years. And, like, I expect to standard sets to continue to have strong impact on Frontier for the next, you know, six or seven years, probably. Maybe not six or seven. Might be might be an exaggeration, but, you know, for a long time. I like to see that, definitely, yeah. So overall, I, I think Wizards is just being way too cautionary here, and they should just... They should just let it grow. Like anecdotally, I've heard that um, in other card games, like similar similar splits, like in Hearthstone, uh, the you have wild and standard, and uh, there is absolutely no restriction on playing wild. You can play wild in exactly the same way as standard. You can play wild exclusively and not play standard if you don't want to. Um, and apparently, the 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 player base of wild is roughly fifteen times smaller than standard. That's what I've I've read and heard Bandy about. So. Like, I don't see why... Obviously, Wizards has a very long experience with this, like other formats. So maybe they know something that we don't, but uh, I don't know.
2: I I I don't know for sure. I feel like it is... These kind of restrictions are the artworks of the economy. And also, it's perhaps work based on the current economy of uh, Magic Arena. um, I mean, don't have full visibility on. So, I mean, it could be be wrong, but um, that's what I'm assuming it is. I mean, yeah, of,
0: of course it's connected to the economy in some way, but I kind of feel like the, the economy is already harsh on players in the sense that it forces them to have, it forces people to have a historic collection. So then why are you making it difficult for people to then use that historic collection? Like in, again, I'll use Hearthstone as my example, uh, you can freely dust uh, cards for, of any format and turn them into cards from the other format. So, in Arena, it's much more strict. Once you have the card, you have the card. There's nothing you can do with it. You can't delete it. Um, so they have to give you something to do with it after you've bought it. Uh, it would be an absolute crying shame if you just could not use the cards after rotation. So why are they then doubling down on us and being even more stingy and putting restrictions on how people can play with their cards? It's just absolutely ridiculous. And like, if, if it was tried to be applied to, um, to Modern or, like, paper non-rotating formats, players would just go, well, no, I already have the cards, so I'll just play them how I want, thanks.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. Um, <laughs> the, the, the economy already is, is unfair in, in in that, in that sense. Uh, and I guess, like if, um, like, if everything was equal, would people just stop buying packs? Um, and then, I mean, yeah, like, I I don't know. Yeah, I, I think um it seems like there have actually since, <laughs> we've had years to go up it is this. Like, this, this was, as like we said before, like, as soon as the idea of Arena was conceived, uh this surely was an issue that they were barring towards a way to deal with um yeah with, with, with rotation um, yeah and especially since this is a especially since you can't discard it so you're being punished very actually for rotation happening uh plan in place yet they're getting closer but it's yeah like that that is ridiculous as
0: you say like this problem has been a known quantity for like a good like a year and a half i would say people have known this issue was coming and literally known exactly when it was coming. Like, it's not just like, oh, we know this problem is coming someday in the future. No, literally, we know that this problem is coming in September, October of 2019. We literally know that exactly. So why did they not have some kind of solution in place before that uh, to announce these changes a month before that and then walk half of them back uh, two weeks later, then again, it's just, it looks so bad. And again... It's the same thing that's been happening with wizards for a long time. Even though they've started to be more transparent and more like they are reacting to what players want. Um, and I suppose I should give some. We should give some. Uh, some airtime to the very popular theory that they're using the the door in the face technique, where they present you with a very very bad option immediately to to make you uh more amenable to a slightly bad option later on which is what they always intended to give you but i think that that's kind of attributing a bit too much malice towards wizards i don't think that that's what they were actually doing i think they genuinely were just being idiots
2: don't, don't attribute to malice what can be attributed to uh what's that phrase yeah what can be attributed to stupidity there we go idiot idiotness. Yeah. yes <laughs> uh, yeah definitely oh <laughs> yeah i mean, I mean it's, it's, it, it certainly seems like that that is isn't that has happened and i kind of started to realize now that you know it's I, feel like I I got to make fun of nerds for complaining because you know, nerds are, are the biggest complainers of anything. Uh, every nerdy game, every nerdy fanbase, uh, every fandom, just nerds complain about new things and change. Something seems to be something that nerds do. Um, and I feel like because they've rolled back this television in response to nerds complaining, uh, is that just going to encourage people to complain more in future? Because now we know it works. It's a good thing or a bad thing right now.
0: Yeah, I think Wizards kind of gets that that feeling a lot i don't know if that's what they're actually doing obviously they do listen to community feedback and like if no if everyone just happily accepted this i'm sure they wouldn't have changed it so i'm it definitely is in direct response to community concerns I'll, I'll, i'll be nice and phrase it like that community concerns um and i guess you're right that it could be a kind of a slippery slope thing but i i really wouldn't worry too much about that because if people do complain about things like this then Usually they're fairly unpopular things and things that people don't like. So kind of, it almost is fine if if those things are changed. Again, sorry. Uh, if things like that happen where, where people complain and something is changed, it's actually kind of fine because it's likely that the thing that they were complaining about was actually a problem in some way or like people just didn't really like it, which means that more than likely
2: the majority of people didn't like it either. Yeah, that's true, yeah. So, so it, it kind of it justifies the it. Canadian it kind economy. Of, it means that yeah, our our concerns were uh, well, uh, were, were, what's the word? <laughs> they throughout well-founded, that they were justified. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, so moving on from that, uh, I guess we, we will more than likely talk about this one or two more times um, once they announce what's going on with the cards and then again when Historic actually is released and we can start kind of getting to grips with the format. Uh, I'm sure people will be making content for it. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, yeah, so we'll talk about it then. And I guess the last thing that we want to do is for you to give a tournament report.
2: Uh, yeah, oh, tweet drop. No. <laughs> I can I, I give a brief tournament report. Uh, yeah, yeah. So last weekend, I played in the on uh, MCQ, or MCN, yeah, MCQ. Oh, not, the, not the MC, MCQ uh, over in London. Um, I'm sure everyone enjoyed my uh, um So it was over said, it It's a great venue. It's uh, It's basically in Right beside Sunset Airport. Uh, so if you will stay in a nearby hotel, so basically just spend that entire weekend and just at the airport. Uh, it's all very handy for you know, people People just want to go over and play magic and go, home, um, which I guess a lot of people want to do. Um yeah, so for my modern, uh played a lot of modern online for last weeks. Uh, on so I I, I already spoke about my preparation on the deck. I I, I settled down, I settled on the list. Uh so mono tron with a with a sideboard. so I think in terms of so I, I, I didn't. So there's there's like the, the modern European series final was on a Saturday. This was something that you know people qualified for from local tournaments. Uh, I wasn't playing that. The, the MCQ was on the Sunday. So um, I got to see what the format would be like you know, on on a Saturday. Um, and uh, and you know I, I could make some you know, cyber decisions based on that. So the format overall, uh, I like think there was a lot of a lot of uh, uh, where is it? And a lot of uh, jund, which I was quite happy with uh, playing. So I, I didn't. Um, I, I didn't change my list too too much in response to that. Uh, but then in uh, round one, uh, played against Burn. Uh, so to, to Burn, the Burn matches were very close. Uh, got wrecked game one, game two. Uh, it was very close in the trade. I am, um, I was, got, I, I very last minute, I put um board, which was absolutely amazing. Obviously the matchup. So
0: wait, um, what? What? Well, uh, you got out there a little bit. What? What did you put in the board? Uh, which uh, which orb? Oh, okay,
2: nice. Yeah, um, yeah, because I, I, I on uh, after the band changes, I saw more uh, Falakut uh, online. Um and obviously it's going to burn but against uh, uh against storm. So it's a, it's a good way to deal with uh, all those curses in modern. Um that's a joke. There's <laughs> so, curses modern. But anyway, it's a. I I made sure that announce my trigger anyway when he when I beat uh, just in case. But um I uh yeah, so I in game two I, I very quickly get in between orb and locking them out. Uh game three, uh was oh it was hard, game three was heartbreaking because it was so close. Um and I was just barely coming back. Uh he he, he generated a big board. Um orb out but i didn't have tron activated and i, I was like, really struggling to kind of get my engine going uh he was dealing with car and he was dealing with everything but doing well Um, i was oh let's see if i can remember the number so i think at one point i was on three life and um, he was i was on three life uh, he was attacking me on the ground and i had which made orb out but i had a they just in hand so i had no station, so i did they just came my own which made orb to gain life so that's that was pretty, pretty much a back to desperation um but then to that attack with a long guy I revealed a uh, um you know on, on the top of my library so i was drew that into the, into the next turn so i, I was on so I, I was on three i went up to seven down to three again to play the play and i was feeling pretty confident then at this point um and uh but then you know, eventually he's he, 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 even though i gained a lot of life and i had the the, the, the um, trackers eventually got everything and eventually because but uh once i saw Tractusk being revealed i thought i was back in the game um that was that was i, I kind of said oh, you no know, it didn't seem it like there was much burn and that's the weekend so I was like, oh, "That's fine. If I you lose at round one, uh, that's okay. I'm I'm good at playing from behind. We do all Alan Harrison special of losing round one and winning all the rest of the tournament. And to you, played against Burn again, another Burn problem opponent. Um, this was uh, yeah. And so these, these matches were far less close. I mean, uh, was not close at all. Um, um, So that was it. Was that was a sad, was a sad end to round two. To you, I, I decided to drop. Um, and it was very early in the round, so I went off, Got something to eat. While I was out. I realised that I could still uh, top sixteen. So uh, Alexey or uh, Axion now, um, and uh, these are always really, really well run, run, run tournaments. It's got a very, very good. Very generous prize structure. Um, the uh, prizes for top eight, um, but top sixteen. There's, there's also like a top sixteen or what he called a, or what they call a diamond top eight, where basically you know, places nine to sixteen uh, play in another single limb. Uh, you know, Rand's magic. Uh, I think it was like a. a I think it's was like a venture for a GP. So basically it was like a trip to any European GP with a and combination paid for. So very, very good price. But I realised that I was still alive for that even being 0-2. So uh, literally seconds before entry started, um, I undropped. Um, and I was like, here we go. This is going to be the redemption story. So I undropped for entry. I played against John, And I beat John, Feeling good. And I think the player was very good. Um, it's actually, he it seemed like he's good. Um, he had a uh, he had a play map from the most recent MC. Uh, the MC, so... It's, it's one of those things where you sit down against an opponent, they have a, a, an MC play match, you're like, ooh, this person's going to be good. Uh, but I was also, but don't, don't worry, I was out-leveling everybody because I was playing with my um, PT Dublin play so so uh, a pro player. Um, so, game three, guys, so we're in three against John, their are match is very close. Uh, I eventually won despite doing normal uh, Ulamog Out the big board. He, um, he had to collect the roof uh, out, he played a, a blood-braid elf. Uh, and in my hand, I had Ugin in my hand. I was like, "All right, I can easily wipe the board here and play Blueberry Elf." I'm like, "As long as he doesn't hit uh hit Totsies, I'll be fine." And Blueberry Elf uh, cast a um a turnbowl. He's attacked me for quite a bit. He so he attacked me for five, and I had like a big board now. And I, I just tapped an Doogan, and then that was that was the game. But um, and it was like it was only my, my my very few outs I had, uh, which I I had because I always have it. Uh, so I was round three, round four. Uh, against think it's Eltrazitron, and at this, at this point because I'm because I'm O two and I was O two so. I'm. i now playing against people, people who lost. My guys Trump yeah, opponent in round four, was was not very good at magic, uh, but not very good with the deck. It's very no fair way to say that. Uh, they had all sorts of decisions they could have made that could have kept them in the game, but they didn't make it. They didn't make them. Um, on in game two, he uh, on turn three, he cast uh, in staring bridge. So like obviously, it's <laughs> a lot better for me than it is for him. What what possessed him to do that? Uh, he what. Uh, I know, I know, yeah. I mean this this is me this is V bragging about the time, I bet someone who was bad at magic, uh the Steering Bridge, I'm like that resolves. Um it's Tearing Bridge is in the sideboard for to get for Karn, but he just sideboarded it in to his main board uh for game two. Um if it means Zulomog can't attack, no, oh, I don't know, but um this is absolutely can it was a very, very straightforward match uh when we, when we do lots like of that. But being a good now, two two going into round five. Um this unlike oh other redemption story begins. Uh so then uh Five, played against um Aaron from yeah, Cardiff. Uh he's uh these he's, he's, um the tournaments the, or these uh has the all time. him uh, so, so, so a very nice guy. Uh ch- you know, we're chatting after the match. Uh but it's the match itself, uh he was on a white cocoa list, uh yeah, kind of devoted to list. Um which I just I just I punted so hard game one. Game one, I seven mana carn. I got turn three drawn, I had seven mana carn in my hand, um, but I also I'm deciding kind of what do I do, uh, so he had, he had, um, yeah, so he, he had, uh, yeah, so he, yeah, he he he'd, um, and a um, uh, in play, and I was kind of deciding what do I do. When I was thinking, maybe I just, I'm thinking, like, do I just, um, yeah, Coco? I'm thinking, if he does Coco's response, you know, nothing here is really good. Uh, I can't really car and lock him with anything, uh, I can't really do much. Of, well, I, was, I was thinking this because like, there's so much you can do with four mana he does Coco's afterwards, um, wait, I was like, you know, hmm?
0: can you can you. Start that little bit again because you cut out when you said what he had.
2: Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, on, so on board he had, I yeah, he had two, uh, he had like two uh, and three and lands uh, on board. Uh, so you're basically all his balance up. So I'm I'm thinking he's holding up a uh, fatty company. Uh, so I'm just i trying my sure decision to play seven mana card or four mana you know, based on that. And I'm, kind of, I'm in a tank um, because I'm like both of these plays are quite good, but I don't know which one to make. Um, I'm thinking my my options with four mana are are limited because board. Response and get me on the backswing. How many cards in my hand for a stair bridge to do anything? Um, then I was gonna kind of go through. I obviously I'm so thinking about all the different options why so I can get my sideboard and play straight away for, for three mana. Actually, I, I opt to uh, cast uh seven mana card instead and I just start attacking his mana base because I'm thinking, you know, i I have the capability in my hand to wipe this board. Really just need to I, my hand's so strong, I really just need to buy myself a turn, a turn or two. Um so playing yeah, playing seven mana card seem like the best way to do that, uh, which I realize is wrong because when it cast Karen, uh, he responds. He um, and he corded up a, a Devoted Druid, um, and then you revealed a uh. Then he recorded up a devoted Druid response. I'm thinking, oh no, this is bad. And then um, yeah, the yeah, next he displays the, the vizier, and then goes off. And uh, so I'm thinking, I should have, I should have. Um, so game yeah, so I'm, I think, I'm thinking, yeah, I realize now what I should have done. So game two, I do what I should have done in game one. So game two, the same kind of play pattern emerges. Uh, he has two. Uh, I get Karen. like I play for Mana, Karen and this time I go get um of spyglass. Done. Uh, so like sort source spyglass and name uh um yeah so I do that uh, and that works. I'm like thinking, yeah, because he's see with the bottle truth support, am like yeah, this, is, this is good. I, I made a good decision uh in, in, in doing this. So I gotta see his hand, He had quarter conning um, and a quarter and I think one drop. Uh, so I'm thinking, yeah, this, this is fine. And uh, there's not much you can do now. If you end of the game I can start a game control Karn. So I get Karn, I uh, I yeah, so I see this hand with with spyglass, with I need the bottle I'm like, yeah, there's nothing that can go wrong here. Uh and then he courts and gets uh oof like oh this is bad uh because now we're both locked out of the game um and uh yeah yeah um now 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 we're in trouble i'm getting something wrong no sorry sorry um i i, I got i sorry got, i got a lattice. so later on in the game sorry i got a lattice in response to lattice he corded and got him um, and uh basically yeah he locked myself he locked me out of the game my own lattice i i, I didn't have carne anymore he had roof i'm thinking yeah now dider was casting his spells he just came to libraries he's like well i do have a two two. i can't answer I'm like that is correct. Um and I, you have more than 10 cars in your library. So uh, I came odd game using my own my own Alice um, so I did not see the oof coming. So that was that was my X three. I lost that. Uh, and then I really dropped this time. Um, but it was uh, it was a fun tournament. Um, I'm, I'm glad I went over. I had a great great time time with all the all the Irish players and seeing, seeing some new player, UK players again. I definitely recommend tax and Spence are very, very good. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of side events for the other stuff to do. There was uh, cans Atarchy, are Sealed. There was lots of Chaos Drafts. Um, and over the course of the weekend, I learned how to Chaos Draft, which i might talk about later.
0: Nice. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to also joining some of these Axion events when I get home. I definitely recommend. All right. And I think that's going to do it for us this week. We'll be back next week with more exciting Throne of Eldraine previews and maybe some updates on Historic and hopefully some reports from Kieran about his experience with Wurza. Um, so yes. if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us, schoolcrackpodcast at gmail.com, and skullcrack is spelled C-R-A-I-C. Uh, you can tweet at us, at skullcrack on Twitter, and that will do it for us. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye.
2: Mentioned during my tournament award, although I I lost I lost that modern, but I did succeed uh well I did succeed in learning how to play chaos draft because of this event by Axion Now there was plenty of chaos draft. And this was a uh, very, very very well run chaos draft with um with um action boosters and uh, boosters that were given out in a tiered fashion, so you're not you know, so you just don't you don't wind up with having you know three standard legal boosters. Uh the boosters were tiered, so Everyone got you know at least one kind of high value user and um, in their in their three chaos drafts. I know we we mentioned both we know, we we, know, we did one before uh, in um in uh, Amy Sharpton's house. Uh, listener to the show. So that was my first time doing it, and I kind of afterwards uh, my deck was great. And afterwards, I was thinking, oh, this whole chaos Draft thing—it's not—it's not a real format. Uh, then over uh, during this weekend, um, during the weekend of the, M- the MCQ, um, Kevin Fogarty was another listener of the podcast. Uh, Kevin was was relaying some knowledge about, about Chaos Draft and I was a few of us were all very dismissive of saying oh that's that's puppycock. you're talking about this as if it's a real format it's strategy it's just all random boosters he said uh he said oh well, what, what, what did you draft when you, when you the last time you did a Chaos Draft and I said oh, I drafted Black Red and he was like yes uh, because dr- Black Red is an absolute trap in Chaos Draft and um what I realised was oh well both times of my life where I Chaos Drafted I ended up with terrible Black Red decks so um maybe he has a point. Hmm, possibly. So I think I think it comes down to, I, I know myself, and my own biases when I'm drafting that I always value uh, removal quite highly. So if you're going into Chaos Draft with that mentality, you're going to get some, you know, your your medium red and black removal. Uh, but kind of just straight to history of magic, uh, <laughs> just, removal is always good, but creatures were not good. If you're, if you're drafting kind of a black red uh, mid-range check from across a wide range of sets, uh, you're going to wind up because um, was having a lot of it's having a lot of uh you know tree mandatory trees I can't block Uh there's still you know, bad creatures in those colors
0: well that on next
2: I was like all right fine I will listen um and then Kevin then went on to list uh the four cards this is our click title: four cards that warp chaos draft <laughs> <laughs> are you are you intrigued I am
0: yes four how, how can there be four cards that warp chaos draft when chaos draft can be from any set in magic's history although I suppose I'm- do in the in the typical chaos drafts do like are there often duplicate packs or are they usually like twenty four packs? Because how many how many sets has Magic had?
2: Obviously, oh, you mean yeah. So Magic has oh it's a lot of sets, but uh, in these ones at least there's no duplicates. Maybe maybe when Channel Fireball does their, uh there, their less good chaos drafts uh, that could happen. Mm. But in this case, the way the way the boost were tiered yeah, there's, there's no duplicates. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, so I yeah, usually yeah usually. You, we want like kind of lots of mana sinks. It's kind of slow. Loans uh, no rakers don't. No, there's no aggressive decks. Uh, if you if you wind up in, a, in, a, in an actual good curve aggressive deck, you're doing well. Um, but yeah, just a lot of a lot of it is just just but, uh Yeah. So the top, so these four cards. Obviously, there's lots of cards that are absolutely busted. Uh, the bitter blossom in in one match where I had a very very good deck. Um, but these are four commons uh, that warp the format mm okay, so are clearly geared designed for a specific uh <laughs> format uh, but wonder us in a, a chaos draft' quite good okay card number one is a death cult rogue this is a one hybrid hybrid so it's a one Demir Demir hybrid mana from uh this is from gay crash uh it's a three mana two two Pure human rogue it has death cult rogue can't be blocked except by rogues <laughs> <laughs> okay let's gotta see how how good that is. Uh, another one. This is um, these are all comments by the way. So, this is uh, four and a green. So, this is this card from Betrayers of Kamigawa. So, if you if you have Betrayers of Kamigawa in your in, in in your your people people look higher for this card because people will pass this. Uh, it's a four mana two one. It's a five mana two one. Four, four and a green for a creature spirit. That's uh, a two one. Uh, but it has protection from non spirit creatures. Okay, yeah,
0: I can see it. That's five mana
2: is a lot though. Yeah, it also has soul shift four. <laughs> if you know what Soul Shift does is off the
0: top of your head. Uh it's like when it is it when it dies or when it comes into play, you get something no, you uh you get something back from your graveyard with
2: the number below, like the four format. Yeah, yeah. When it when it dies you get a card that's a averted mana cost, four or less for a graveyard to your hand. So. Yeah. In, it, you know, if, if, you know, in these formats you, you just play a creature like this, you slap on a, an aura and you're 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 baking potatoes. Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Harbinger of Spring. This was well. Harbinger Spring. Spring. Um, all right, how about this? Right, we're impressed with this one. How about Guild Pack? This is from Dissension. Uh, Guardian of Guild Pact is uh, three a three no white uh, for Creature Spirit. It's a two tree from Monocolored.
0: Mm, yeah, um, I've heard of this card before. Protection from Monocolored. Okay, so again, it's kind of unblockable.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. It's, it's basically you know, it Protection of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, when did they. Yeah, I'm, everything. <clears throat> no, not everything. Uh, there's a lot of sets in Magic's history where they really shied away from doing multicolor. Um, so there are like way fewer multicolor cards than there are monocolor cards. So yeah, I can I can assume that that functionally has protection from many many
2: things. Exactly, exactly. Um, oh, and the last one. <laughs> this is one I had the pleasure of drafting. Uh, this is Nuggle Bandit from Eventide. It's um. <clears throat> Uh, one hybrid hybrid it's a, it's a one blue red blue, red uh creature nuggle rogue it's a, a two two be blocked except by creatures with defender all right you're you're not abreast, are you not really no i'll tell you what happened to me right i was i was i had eventide in one of my packs another another tip for chaos for drafting is to have um have your phone open with on a website called don glare uh, don glare has has a it's a really easy way of visualizing the value of cards in different sets uh, it's a very very nice user face it has a visualizer so you can see the actual cards uh, it's good to have that open in front of you just so, so you can just, just so you know what what kind of value um is uh is is it could be your backs so what we'll to keep an eye out for because so there's some there's gonna be some random comments in the comments that are gonna be very expensive they wouldn't know about. Uh, I did not do this because in my uh eventide pack uh, it was like oh it was like four 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 or five picks in and uh, I was kind of brewing, I was kind of putting together this kind of yeah a, a band um you got like a, a band enchantment deck i, did, I had enchantress and I had a whole lot of and all the different enchantment, enchantment removals and some pretty good orders so um, I was kind of going through this pack, I was like, yeah, maybe I might need some kind of mana fixing. So uh, one of the cards I flicked by was Bloom Tender. Uh, this is uh, one in a green for a creature elf druid. It's a 1-1. One, one. Uh, you can tap, as the ability you tap for each colour bone permanence you control. Add one mana of that colour to your mana pool. Seems pretty good, and maybe I do need the fixing. Uh, and I was, you know, considering taking it, uh, as I was thinking through the rest of the pack. But then I saw Noggle Bandit, and I remembered, uh, uh, you know, the purple a by which Kev spoke of, of this card. And I was like, "Oh, it's, it's kind of like my colors. Um, I got some, I got some big, big enchantments, so I, I can slam something on this. Um, so I, I took uh Logo Bandit over uh Bloom Tender. Uh, it turns out Bloom Tender is a very important card in some format, uh, because there is a <laughs> there's like a forty euro price tag attached to it. Oh my god! Uh, which I missed out on. <laughs> I assume that. Check I should check.
0: That, that must be like a commander staple or something. I guess it can add a lot of mana in, in, some,
2: in some spaces. Um, yeah, your Niv Mizzet deck. Yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty used. Uh, well, I was happy my Noggle Um I do wish I like, I took the money, uh, but I'd been. And as well, I I, I kind of I, I I didn't really check. I, I didn't really think to you know imagine uh, how valuable Doom Boon, Tender could be because it was so deep in the pack. I assumed that you know if someone no was rare drafting it, it would be it would be not good. But uh, I was wrong. I um, know I have only myself to blame, but I also I also blame Kevin for, for, for talking up uh, Noggle it so highly. Uh, it seems like you're not quite impressed by it. I mean, was it impressive in the games? Oh, it was, yeah, it really was, in fairness, yeah. I just had some stupid 4-mana green enchantment that I just slammed on it. Um, uh, I mean, with my deck, that, 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 that band deck was pretty good. I had I had two Lotus Eye Mystics, so two Lotus Eye Mystics from two different sets. That's that's, that's when a plan comes together. Hmm. Mm. Lotus eye mystic uh, does what? It's like
0: a white card from I want to say Dragons of Tarkir or Fate
2: Reforged. It's a it's a, a tree human the prowess uh, an EDBs, you get an enchantment from your graveyard back in your hand. Oh okay, yeah, maybe it's fit. But um, but as so uh yeah, that was like our chaos draft experience. I I didn't win any drafts. One, one draft. I had a really strong deck for. I um, I lost two uh, um but I did and uh, the airport on the way back. Uh, I did manage to get Kevin back for uh, making me pick that Noggle Bandit. This had a decks I had um, a a pretty bad, well, no, a pretty a pretty good uh, Maroon Chaos draft deck, um, which I drafted basically just based around death. So this is just yeah, you know, initiating as well as death. Um, from uh, exactly the ability to repay, you pay, um, uh, you pay to manage to get a creature card back for graveyard with, with CMC to power two or less onto the battlefield. So I had his hollowed the cards to combo with that to crash creature uh, and get digger it had a mud button torch runner which is a, a three mana one one yeah <laughs> when a ties of bolts so you can start you can, you can recur then uh, that was pretty cool uh so in the airport i played this sec against um against uh kevin's uh that's obviously very different different power levels there uh we're, we're, we're in a game i had a, so my big bomb was uh skyship soccer don't you remember the skyship soccer the dragon from Kaladesh. He, abilities. Yes.
0: Uh, it's a. Let me hold on. Let me. It's a two red red for a three three dragon, and then it has activated abilities. Uh, red. It can gain haste. Uh, uh, yeah, that's one of them. Yeah. Fire breathing. Uh, yeah. And has
2: one more that I don't know. Strike is the other one. Uh, and I, I got people with that. Uh, I, I I don't know. the was of any modern rising cards, but uh, they so the game became the game was, got, was getting very close. He, he had um so he had a uh narcolepsy that's called uh narcolepsy um kind of effect on my sculpture software will keep it tapped uh basically an answer for a big bomb the so we're kind of building up our boards uh it's getting to very kind of complicated soul um he has the oh, auditors card from horizons so like a guy on on a zebra i will I also said giraffe a guy on a zebra is that ze- ze- oh zafirian tapper down I have no idea. Tapper from Modern Rizons, one. well. so it's it's, a, it's a, it has whatever EDBs, whatever creature EDBs, he can uh, tap it to tap down a creature. So basically, he's kind got, he's got control of controlling the board like this. uh whatever of our boards building, uh, we're getting some kind of complicated, complicated, complicated math going on. Uh, I get Leisha, and I have lots of great targets for it. Uh, I have a Throning Victor. Or I do. Victor. It. Victor. Victor. Uh, he's a four mana 3-2 with a threat and effect um, for two or it's power. So to- I had that and under under its scrap. Two um, less. So now you'll set out what computer like that, and having the leash and an activate ability. So I I say, go to combat. Uh, Kevin says, uh, beginning in combat, uh he casts instant speed, make is open to activate his tapper. Uh, so he taps then leash at the start of combat. Then I say, that resolves. I say, still in the beginning of combat. And he says, I'm sorry, what? Um I cast War Flare. This is a War Flare from Fate Reforged it's um
0: it's like uh it's like what's the other card called trumpet blast it's like plus two plus out all your creatures or something
2: it's a uh, plus two plus one and then turn uh but you untap those creatures so i gotta untap my board i uh, gotta untap my dragon under <laughs> under the narcolepsy uh, effect and
0: uh we got him oh that is brilliant Yeah, the weakness of the so, uh, of the tap
2: effect that's <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Wait, when you see uh, when you see the chapter of the creature, that you does, you just forget about it." You are like, "Oh wait, this can still attack." Yeah. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's what you get, Kevin, for making me pick knuckle uh, bandit over uh, two year twenty-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> but think of the memories uh, that you made along the way. The the, the real forty-year-old was a friends you made along the way. Exactly, and the knuckle bandit. Yeah, and the knuckle bandit. Do you still have the knuckle bandit? I do, I do. Um, I think... So I can sign it and uh, send it off to one lucky Patreon. Oh,
0: <laughs> keep this nuggle bandit should be the uh, the official mascot of skull crack.
2: I, I think I think it's I think we should that should be the case. I think it's uh, I'm also amazed how we've come so far without an official mascot. Well, I mean, I should be it.
0: The unofficial mascot is the the skull that's being cracked in our logo, maybe, or maybe it's just the skull crack
2: yeah. in the skull crack art. Yeah, yeah, maybe that, that's far closer. But uh, I mean, you no, know, not bandit uh Combos well, skull crack. They're both red. Yeah, that's true. All right, big donkey head. That's it. That was a wonderful story time. That's uh
0: how to chaos draft top four commons in chaos draft. What 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 did you say we should call this episode?
2: Oh, I didn't have a name for the episode.
0: Uh, our our clickbait name.
2: Oh, uh, the top four cards that warp chaos traps. You won't believe what they are because they're all common.
0: Okay,
2: uh, we can work on that. We can make that. We can make that better. Okay. We'll workshop it. All right. That's going to do it for us today. Bye-bye.